Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. And this one act of obedience, one step of faith caused Elijah's ministry to explode on the scene. Have you had situations in your life where you received a word from the Lord or some scripture comes to mind to give you advice in a certain situation? Told you to do something that was completely out of the ordinary for you. Stretching you a little bit. It could be something like, send this preacher $100. Give your best coat to that lady in church. Or anything like that. You wonder, was that me? Was that me, Lord? Or was it you? And then you just shrug it off and go about your business. After all, your rent is due and that $100 will help pay the rent. Or it's going to be winter here soon and I'm going to need that quote. If those things happen to you, because they've happened to me, I confess. Amen. I'm not perfect. I've missed it too. How about you? If so, you probably missed God. You missed a blessing that he had in store for you. Instead of paying your rent, if you would have obeyed God, you could be owning a house right now instead of paying rent. But you'll never know because you didn't obey God. Well, here in 1 Kings 17, we see Elijah disregarding everything his mind was telling him and obeying God. His mind is probably thinking things like, are you kidding me? Go to the king? Uh, I'm not worthy to be in the king's presence. What gives me the right to even go before the king and speak to him? You know what he does to people who say they're prophets of the Lord? You probably didn't hear from God anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm believing these thoughts from the devil now. Maybe it was just gas. Maybe it was something I ate, something like that. You know what I'm talking about because you've heard the same voices talking to you when God tells you to do something. Go witness to your neighbor. Go witness to your co-worker and you can rationalize it away. The devil has not changed his game plan. He still uses the same old tricks. You, you're the one responsible for taking a stand against the devil. James says resist the devil and he'll flee. Amen. Glory to God. Elijah disregarded all of those voices in his head and he went to the king and he spoke what God told him to say. He didn't question it. He just obeyed. Amen. We can learn a lot from that simple act of obedience right there. You... Whatever God tells you to do, he is already backing you. He's not going to say, hey, let's tell him, uh, hey, Jesus, let's tell this guy to go, go say this and let's see what happens. No. No. God will back what he tells you to do. Amen. And when you go forth boldly in his name and speak the word of God boldly, acting upon the word boldly which God gave you, you'll set your faith on a new course that will be Exciting to watch. 
and it will give you testimonies that will shake the the rafters of the church. Amen. Glory be to God. It doesn't matter if salvation, Holy Spirit baptism, healing is all you have. The average person doesn't know any of that. You're passing by people every single day on the street, every day of your life, who has no clue about things on which you have a word from the Lord about. But if you speak up, you will make the difference in their life, an eternal difference in their life. Amen? Glory to God. Let's turn back now to, to King 17, 1 Kings 17, and we'll go to verse 2. We'll look in verse 2, read down through verse 6. Amen? Hallelujah. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan. You'll drink from the brook that I've ordered the ravens to feed you there. We studied last time about a place called there. And he did what the Lord told him. He went to the Kareth ravine, east of the Jordan, and he stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. Bread and meat in the evening. And he drank water from the brook. You see, God didn't show him this in the beginning. God didn't show him this part before he spoke to the king. Because it might have discouraged him. He did not receive the supernatural revelation that provision was being provided until he obeyed what God had told him to say. That was step one. Do what God says to do. That's step number one. Elijah did not know everything that was going to happen. He didn't know he was going to multiply the widow's food later on or raise her son from the dead or call fire down from heaven. He didn't know any of that. He didn't know that God was going to use him to start the biggest revival in the nation's history. He didn't know anything except step one. Go tell the king there will be no more rain until I give you word to say so. Scripture shows us that this second word, considering his direction, protection, and provision, came after he had already been bold and stepped out in faith and did what God told him to do first. Have you ever experienced that in your life? I have. Glory to God. When we receive a word from God, we usually have think thoughts like, how in the world is this ever going to work out? I don't know. But if I do this, then what's going to happen? I don't know. And we try and figure out all the ways that God could fix things in our life, in our favor. We want to have the entire picture before we step out in faith. But that's not faith. If you know, I'm going to do this, and then tomorrow this will happen, the next day this will happen, and that's not faith. Elijah didn't do that either. He did not know what the next step was going to be. He had one word from God, and he went and did what God told him to do. He followed the instructions exactly. Amen. Because there are steps and stages to walking with God. One of the things that hinders us from really seeing His best in our lives manifest is wanting to get the end results before we step out in faith. Before we act on the word we already have. We want to play it safe. 
We want the plan all figured out from A to Z. God doesn't work that way, folks. Amen. Elijah had one word from God. He stepped out and did it. He went straight to the king with no guarantee of protection. According to the scriptures, all the Lord showed him was there was going to be a drought. That was it. 1 Kings 17.1 It was not until after he spoke that word that the Lord came to him with his next step. We studied it last time. After he spoke to the king, turned around and walked away, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Run! Run, boy! Run to that ravine. Run to the, the river Carith over by the Jordan, the Carith Valley. Run! Now Elijah could have said, I don't want to go over there. I got a house here. I got friends here. I got family here. All my stuff is here. And instead of being worried about his stuff and his family and his friends, God says, go over there. I'll take care of you there. You see, the provision that God provided was not here where Elijah was. The provision God provided was where he wanted him to be. Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Glory to God. You have to pray. You're asking God. You're asking him. You've probably done this. You're asking him to show you more. But he's saying, just act on what you already have. When you step out and you begin doing something with what God has already told you to do, that is when miracles will start happening. Amen. Oh, praise God. Glory to God. The Lord will not show you steps 2 through 10 until you've acted on step 1. Oh, Brother Bob, I don't know if I can do what God called me to do. I've never done anything like that before. Neither had Elijah. Amen. You can't do what God's told you to do without his presence. Hey, that is that is a word for you right there. That's right. I said you can't. You can do nothing of yourself, the Bible says. It is only God that can do all things. Amen. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In my own power, I can do nothing. Even Jesus on this earth said, of myself, I can do nothing. But if God told you to do something, not only did he tell you to do it, he just authorized you to do it. And if he authorized you to do something, then he's given you the authority to accomplish whatever it is in his name. And that means the provision is in place or on the way. Amen? I mean, in the army, when the commander tells a junior officer, go and do this, he doesn't expect that junior officer to run downtown, buy all the equipment he needs and all the supplies he's going to need just because he needs it. By receiving the command and the direction from the commander, he now has the authority to go and requisition the equipment that he needs to do for accomplishing the mission. If there's any resistance in obtaining the right equipment and supplies, all he has to do is say, the commander said, get this done. Now give me my supplies. If there's still resistance, all it takes is one phone call to the commander, and that situation will be resolved. I've seen it happen. Amen. God works the same way. He tells you to do something. 
which means you are now authorized to do it. Which gives you an empowerment in that area and provision in that area. All for the purpose of getting the mission accomplished. What would happen if, let's say, that junior officer, after receiving the equipment and supplies, decides, hey, you know what? Uh, I think my family and I are going to go camping next week. I'll take care of the captain's uh, mission for me next week after I get back from vacation. And, matter of fact, all this equipment would be nice to have at our camping trip. I think I'll take it home with me and use it next week. Number one, he just misappropriated the equipment and supplies. They were intended to accomplish a specific mission and used instead for his own pleasure. What do you think would happen to an officer who did that? He just disobeyed direct orders. I'll tell you, he'd be court-martialed. Amen? Or at least seriously reprimanded and disciplined. But we do that to God all the time. He puts provision into our life for a specific reason, to get the word out. And we use it for our own pleasure. Surely the tithe doesn't mean 10%. Surely God would not mind just me just giving $5 a week instead of 50 I mean, you know, I could use that extra money more than God can. I mean, this church is rich. Surely I could use this big end-of-year bonus check for our family vacation instead of splitting it up to pay bills and giving a big offering to the church. Does all that sound familiar? It happens all the time. I'm guilty of it. Amen. I'm sure you are too. Glory to God. There's nothing wrong with admitting a fault. Especially if we know we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Lord, forgive me of doing that. Help me not to do it anymore. Lord, I thank you that God's mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. And I've done it before. I know you probably have too. Where we squandered a blessing and turned it into a curse. So that's why God will not show you steps 2 through 10 until you do step 1. And then he's only going to show you step 2. Maybe step 3. But if he shows you all 10 steps, and you can just see how much work and faith it's going to take, you might decide to quit before you ever get started. Amen. Elijah's part in this stage of God's plan is to get it done. Just go and do what he said to do. Once he does that, God instructs his servant to lay low for a little while. Allow the ensuing famine to come upon the land and do its part in turning the hearts and minds of the people back to him. You see, sometimes the only thing that gets our attention and encourages us to diligently seek the Lord is ending up in a desperate situation. In fact, many Christians today are living examples of how desperation will somehow give birth to a sincere and lasting relationship with Jesus. Amen. It could be some of you listening today first sought the Lord as a direct result of some calamity or tragedy in your lives. The Bible doesn't say it, but I believe that this famine must have awakened many people to the fact that they had indeed forsaken the only true God and perhaps some began to turn back and seek the Lord with all their hearts sincerely repentant about their apostasy 
Let's go back now. Let's look at the scripture, 1 Kings 17, verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Verse 3, leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You'll drink from the brook. I've already ordered the ravens to feed you there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. He stayed there. The place called there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he drank water from the brook. Meanwhile, Elijah is sent to an uninhabited region. Once he left the king's presence, he went to an uninhabited region of the country and was miraculously provided for by God. He's told he'll drink water from the brook and that God will faithfully feed him by the ravens bringing him food. He said, I have commanded. I have commanded. Amen? I have commanded. It's already been done. He commanded the birds. As Elijah was going to the king, God commanded the birds to provide for you there. There. We're going deeper into the place called there next time. Today I'm just basically introducing you to Elijah and the concept of what we'll be studying. But if you'll stick with us, you will be blessed tremendously by this study. Amen? Now, if you know birds, you'll realize that this particular species of birds, the ravens, are notorious for neglecting to regularly feed their even their own young. They're more or less going to tell their own young, fend for yourself. Yet Elijah will be relying on them to provide him with food twice a day, every day. In Isaiah 33, 16, God tells us that even in times of famine, the bread and water of the righteous will be sure. Amen. This is a promise that the prophet claimed, and every one of God's children can claim as well, even today. If we have spiritual famine going on in this land, if we have a drought, if we have floods, if we have an economic collapse, God's word says he will provide for you because you believe in him. You may not have a five-course banquet every night. You may have to rely on God sending ravens to give you bread and meat twice a day. But God will take care of his own. Amen. And this is a promise the prophet claimed and we can claim also. Elijah followed God's instructions with no thought of packing bread or bottled water because he knew his father was faithful. He knew God was faithful to do what he promised to do and that he'd provide all that he needed. He just needed to get where God said the provision was going to be sent, a place called there. We as Christians should always do the same thing, confidence in God's ability and his desire to meet our needs in any situation. No matter how dismal, or hopeless it may seem to us. We have to take a stand and know God will provide if we are where God told us to be. Our there. Our place called there. Amen. Elijah had no idea how long he was going to be in God's witness protection program. 
down by the brook. But by faith, he went deep down into that ravine and existed there one day at a time while soldiers were out searching for him and not only in, in that country but in all the surrounding nations. And every morning and every evening he'd watch the sky knowing that soon the birds would arrive and provide him with food while so many others were beginning to feel the hunger pains of the famine. I believe it was during this time in the prophet's life that the Lord was really able to condition and equip Elijah for his future service. He certainly must have spent a lot of time, he was all alone, and he must have spent a lot of time in prayer and quiet meditation because this would indeed be necessary to spiritually strengthen him for the task ahead. And we can read in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Kings chapter 17, and we'll read verse 7 through 9. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, verse 9, Go at once, means don't delay, go now to Zarephath of Sidon and stay, what's that word? There. I am now changing your place from here to there. And I have commanded, past tense, I have already commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food there. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us how long Elijah was down by the brook. But it had to be around a year, year and a half, because as we read, the famine was now very severe. Because of the lack of rain, the brook dried up. And Elijah found himself with no more water. And we often talk, folks, isn't this true? We often talk about God will open and close doors for us. Oh, yes, amen. And that's how we know he wants us to go. One door will close and another door will open. Well, the brook drying up was definitely a door slamming shut in the prophet's face. I mean, it could have been that Elijah was getting pretty used to his new home now. His water was always flowing. The birds were feeding him. Food was airdropped into him twice a day. Hallelujah. Compared to many at that time, he was living like a king. Perhaps the prophet was comfortable. Maybe too comfortable. I don't know. Bible doesn't say. And at this point, he had spent enough quality time alone with the Lord. And it was now time to resume his ministry among the people. So God allowed the brook to dry up. But I want you to notice this. Elijah knows he heard from God, and God said for him to go there, where God told him to be, by that brook. And he didn't move. The brook dried up, and Elijah's sitting right there and said, I ain't moving. God told me to stay here. I'm staying here till he tells me to go somewhere else. That's faith. So now God gives Elijah the next step on his adventure. And sends Elijah to a certain widow woman who is to supply him and sustain him with food. Remember, there's a severe famine in the land. There is no social security, no welfare, food stamps for widows or for anybody else. In fact, in times of famine, the poor widows were usually among the first to perish. But yet God is sending his servant to one of these widows so she could take care of him. So Elijah gets up, packs up his stuff, and leaves. 
He's headed off to Zarephath of Sidon. Why? Because this is his new place called there. Now remember, Jezebel by this time has already slaughtered many of the Lord's prophets. And I'm sure that they were searching diligently for Elijah. In her mind, not only had Elijah caused this famine in the land, but he had also embarrassed her greatly by making her God, Baal, seem powerless because obviously he was unable to bring the much-needed rain. And the people began questioning, why do they continue to say Baal is great when he can't even provide rain? But yet God, Jehovah, Yahweh, sent his prophet Elijah and said, it's not raining till I say so again. And his word has come true. See, the people's minds are beginning to make that shift. Yes, there's no doubt that Elijah was number one on her hit list. And as a result, he was basically calling the most wanted man in all of Israel. If they had had post offices back then, his picture would have been on the, the, the biggest poster on the biggest wall and offering the biggest reward. When God told Elijah to go to Zarephath, I'm sure the prophet must have at least for a second questioned the logic of going to that particular place. God, do you know where Zarephath is? It's in Sidon. God was essentially sending the most wanted man in all of Israel to hide out in Jezebel's backyard. This was her home. Remember before she married King Ahab, this was where she was from. And I'm sure she still had many friends and, and family and informants in that place. In fact, it says in the scripture, her father, Ethbal, was still the reigning king of Sidon. My friends, sometimes God sends us to places we don't want to go. We have to go places where we are uncomfortable and maybe even in serious danger. But just like the prophet Elijah, we need to go where the Lord sends us, regardless of how unwise or illogical it may seem to us at the time. When God is seeking to give us a particular task to do, we need to say, just like Isaiah said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Amen. So Elijah got up and began his sobering 80 to 90 mile journey through the desert to Zarephath. And I can only imagine, and I want you to think about this as well, how many starving people he must have encountered along the way. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.